Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across the disgusting desk from me is Charles Chuck Lawrence Thompson. Charles Lawrence Thompson. I started to clean my side up today. Did you? I don't know about you. Your side's going to take a lot longer than my side. I started the process. Yeah. So that's, that's all that counts. So if that's, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night, Charles, that's fine. That's fine. This, uh, this right here, the thing that's uh, coming through your ear hole right now is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, which has been every day of the week this week. We're on a, we're so on a roll. Did so, you do, you did one, I did, did one Monday too. Monday, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was not here. Although only the Patreon group got it on Monday. Everyone else had to wait for Tuesday morning, ah. which is one of the benefits sometimes of being a Patreon supporter. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to talk about being a Patreon supporter exactly. of the show. No. You wanna, it's, if you do join, you're also contributing towards our advertising budget. Like all the money that comes in through Patreon just boom right out the window to all these advertisements and then all some. over the place. And then a whole lot more <laughs> to other places. But anyway, thank you for joining. We've got a lot of stories to go through today. And a lot of them are going to be pretty eh, pretty short. A couple of them that are just going to be fun to laugh at real quick. Because it's it's Wednesday, I think. So it's a little early for Dumb Bleep of the Week. Uh, but let's... Do you want to go ahead and get it kicked off? Or you got yeah. anything special going on today? You good? No, I, I think we can just dive right in today. I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. You know? Okay. You, you tend to hate when I when I go off the beaten trail. I just didn't I didn't yeah. want to like push you to go too quick on this. You know, I've I've I'm trying to learn my place here and when I start swinging from the trees you, uh you do what I say. Yeah. All right. This coming from Fox News. This is this is so good. Just the just the straight up title of this article is great. I mean, if we wanted to come up with something really dumb that we could talk about on the show and make it up, it would sound like this. Yes. I'm actually going to change the title a little bit. Okay. So this is going to be a little ad lib for me, but Kamala Harris. You guys know her? She's the vice president. Heard of her. Um, The first black and Asian woman, I believe, right? To be. Yes. To hold any. Yeah. To be, to be runner up. To be be number two. Yeah. Kamala Harris. To bomb Syria. (laughs) Is going to hold discussions on empowering women and girls with. Who's going to be the special guest? None other than the ultimate beacon of women's rights mr bill clinton <laughs> so she's gonna have president a, president bill clinton i'm sorry i didn't mean to you know not give him the proper mm, term so I mean, the, the guy was the president before they're gonna talk about empowering women president and girls bill clinton <laughs> with bill clinton I love women Let i mean me tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't think you could really make this up if we were to come up with something that would be really stupid it would kind of sound like this and of course, I don't. It seems really weird. Do you remember that whole "believe all women" thing? I kind of remember Kamala Harris even tweeting about believing all women. Yeah, except for when it came to like Joe Biden. Yeah, or you yeah. know, well, if she even said on the campaign trail that she that she believed mm-hmm. all women still at that time, and not anymore. No. Only when it's convenient. So it's anyway, just, it's just absolutely. This whole thing is absurd. It would be like you know holding a class. Um, or or a discussion on empowering people not to fight 
Yeah. And uh, with special guest Mike Tyson, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it would or, be. Or, a, or someone like that. Someone just, actually had a pretty good tweet that I retweeted that along the lines of what you're saying right there, Charles. And I retweeted it because it was pretty good. It said, Bill Clinton is going to talk about empowering women. Next up, we'll have Casey Anthony giving parental advice. Then a sexual harassment seminar by Bill Cosby, followed up by George W. Bush and Barack Obama giving a speech on peace in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect. Good yeah. job on that tweet right there. Exactly. It should have a million retweets. And uh, uh, it, won't. It, it, does, it won't because it's too correct. You have to say things that are, that are incorrect and insane really exactly. to get tons of retweets. So. so this from Fox News, Vice President Kamala Harris will join a uh, will hold a joint discussion on empowering women and girls with former President Bill Clinton, who has been accused of sexual misconduct by multiple women, <laughs> one of which he was uh, impeached for. <laughs> the Clinton Foundation announced on Tuesday that the discussion would take place as part of a virtual event with college students from uh, from around the world on Friday. Besides Harris, the other speakers will include Mayor um Meryl Bowser, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, her daughter Chelsea, and Georgia Democrat Stacey Abrams. The foundation described the talk as a one-on-one -on -one conversation with President Clinton and Vice President Kamala Harris on the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on women and empowering women and girls in the U.S. and around the world. Except for, you know, in Saudi Arabia. This would be, I mean, it's almost like if Andrew Cuomo was going to write a book on how the properly handle the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. It would be something that dumb, yeah. you know? The Howard University hosted talk raised questions about uh, past accusations against Clinton, as well as Harris's previous advocacy surrounding the Me Too and Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. One of those women, uh, Juanita Broderick, who accused Clinton of rape, balked at the scheduled event. This is a effing joke, she asked in one tweet. This pervert who raped me. In another, she asked if Howard University would like to include her in the talk and include a photo of her book cover reiterating her accusation of rape. So this is this is so ridiculous. I brought up, um, you know, Saudi Arabia. It's like because uh, this is one thing I, I think Jordan Peterson talked about, too, is, you know, they don't actually care about women's rights. No, because if you did, then, you know, you look around the world. Like, aren't those women, too? And what rights do they have? I was having a good philosophical discussion over the weekend with some friends about, uh, you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong, you know, moral. Uh, Is that something you can only do on a yacht? You yeah. Know, yeah. Have exactly. Those kind of discussions. Yeah. yeah. It was okay. a very deep philosophical conversation. It was, it was actually <laughs> quite nice. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, and you know, it, it was more so of like, well, how can you tell someone, you know, that their culture is wrong? Like you didn't grow up, you didn't experience it. You're not them. And I told him essentially what he was trying to say is there's no absolutes in the world. Basically, like everything is perceived differently by different people from different backgrounds and things like that, albeit true. Right. Essentially, what he was saying is there's an infinite way, infinite number of ways to interpret the world. Mm -hmm. Right. But I so I just started asking him questions. I was like, could can you say that slavery is absolutely wrong? And he was like, well, actually, I can't. I was like, really? You're going to say that? Who is this person I, you were talking to? I'm not going to say. I'm just saying <laughs> I, I was having a discussion. And because uh, I, I went on to talk about how men in Saudi Arabia own their wives like they can't they have to ask permission to go do something. If you disobey your husband, you could be beheaded in the street. Is that not a slave? Right. So anyway, it's just, you know, it's like asking Saudi Arabia to host yeah. to be the host country <laughs> for it, empowering women and young girls. When it when it comes to discussions like that, where I will go on that is 
I don't think you can look at the other cultures and say that they're terrible, uh, evil. I mean, they are, what they do is evil for sure, but you do have to realize that everyone's on a different timeline. And at one point, what they do was kind of normal practice around the rest of the world. So when, mm-hmm. I, when I look at the Middle East, what I say is they're, they're on a different timeline. They're stuck in an older time where the rest of the world has really advanced past all of those things. And I would say that there's an absolute. It would, it would be individual liberty for people. It mm-hmm. would be that each person owns their own bodies. And you could say that that would be wrong. Do I hold it? Do I, does that mean that like, I hate all those people or they're terrible and disgusting and they, you know, I, I really just look at them as people who are on different timelines. And that's the same thing I look at when we talk about regime changing and going over there and changing up all their countries. Like you can't force these things on people by way of bombs and things like that. They mm-hmm. they have to come to it on on their own. Like the American revolution is something that people, we came to on our own and decided to do. And then some other countries and helped that's, out. That's what I said. I was like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not about going and bombing them into freedom. Yeah. That's, that's not, I, he was like, well, how do you change it? Then I was like, through education. And, and I was like, uh, what's her name? The girl who uh, escaped. Uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she wrote a great book about women's rights in the Middle East and things like that. And so that's the way it has to change. But, you know, honestly, what's happened in this situation is the Clinton Foundation was like, man, we really need to get some of this money off the books. (laughs) And uh, we really need to have we need to pay Bill Clinton for speaking somewhere. And uh, what better way to do it than to juice the vice president and say, hey, you owe us one. Kamala. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pay Bill Clinton here at least a half a million dollars Mm -hmm. to talk about empowering women and girls. It's It's just absurd. It's completely insane. And to me, like a lot of things, it just kind of destroys any arguments that 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 side or that that Kamala Harris or anyone would have about how the Democrats or the left or the party of being pro-women and believing women. And and when they come forward with accusations, you have to believe it and, and all this like. It's all lies. It's all whether or not they can turn things into votes. That's all it has to do with. Can we turn mm-hmm. this into a vote so we can have power? That is the only thing that they actually care about. Not any of the things that they talk about caring about at all. And you can tell because of this story mm-hmm. that we just went over right there. Okay, the next one, as we roll through here, you won't believe this from Bloomberg. The U.S. unemployment system is plagued by $63 billion in fraud and dysfunction. No. <sighs> Who would, I mean, this, this is news to me. I would have never no understood. Way. I, I could have, could have never imagined this. President Biden's $1.9 trillion economic stimulus package will send billions of dollars to America's jobless. It's also a potential bonanza for scammers. Throughout the COVID crisis, unemployment programs have served as a lifeline, channeling more than $650 billion over the past year to millions of struggling households. But the state-run agencies that distribute the funds have been overwhelmed, making their harried staff as... Who uses that? I don't know. As well as their glitchy computer systems, easy prey for criminals. At least $63 billion... Cobalt. Cobalt. Cobalt systems, Yeah. At least $63 billion in improper payments have been doled out since last year. Six- no, There's no way there's any chance of voter fraud, by the way. No, no. No. That no, couldn't happen. No, we could lose $63 billion, No problem. By the way, this doesn't sound like a lot of money, but that is the yearly budget for the Department of Education right there in improper payments 
from used, unemployment. Used to be. Used to be. Now <laughs> yeah. their budget's going to be like $150 billion yeah, a year. Yeah. But it used to be way back when last year the, or 2019, that used to be what the yearly budget for the Department of Education was. So that is how big the fraud has been in this unemployment system. Mm-hmm. It is the entire education argument from the federal government's worth of improper payments sent out for unemployment. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how big that is. Uh, let's see. The fraud comes on top of widespread system failures resulting from outdated technology, understaffed government offices, and an unprecedented surge in jobless claims so that in many instances, legitimate claims have been incorrectly flagged as suspicious. As a result, untold numbers of unemployed Americans have faced weeks-long delays in getting their checks. Then there's more than 11 million who say they haven't been able to access any benefits. All right. There was one case in Nevada last year where more than 1,700 claims shared a single address. Wow. 1,700. Like that house in Georgia that everyone votes from. (laughs) That kind of big. That kind of big. A single home address, according to Mike Schmidt, whose IT firm was hired by the state to help manage its backlog. His staff has traced unemployment insurance registrations all the way to Japan, the Middle East, and Africa. Nice. In Michigan, a claims examiner co- co-conspirator have been charged for their alleged role in <laughs> absconding with $1.8 million. Wow. In Texas, the share of suspicious claims to total uh, was uh, 0.18% in 2019, and it is now 6.7% suspicious claims since then. All right, so... The government can't even give free money away efficiently. That's no. the constant thing that we that we keep learning all the time. And who's really shocked? I'm not shocked. Yeah. You guys, you guys shocked. And at this point, uh, you know, after spending eight trillion dollars last year, uh, sixty three billion—that's just a rounding error. Oh yeah, yeah. Who that's, cares? Yeah, who cares about that? This is the. These are just we can, accidental we can print payments. Sixty three billion a minute. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No problem. So. I mean, that's like uh, that's like four days worth of funding for the mm. for the government. Who cares mm. about that? Anyway, that's uh, that's all I have on that story. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone. All right. If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety. Maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be. Maybe you're not finding the meaning in life. You know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML, you make an account, they ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one, okay? It's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do, okay? So maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app, you can do video call, you can do voice calls, all kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. 
So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com slash GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey. This one, this uh, this next one kind of piggies ba- piggybacks, piggybacks, piggies. It's on piggies back. Piggies are back. Yeah. It's, you know, Miss Piggy. She has a back yeah. mm-hmm. and this one's on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, gotcha. that's what's going on no. with Miss Piggy's back. This one piggybacks off of yesterday's episode. So if you didn't listen to that one, shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. It like, also piggybacks like off. Like Game of Thrones shame. You should be walking through the street and we'll throw fruit at you. We talked about this potential court case on, I looked at the, at the episode on February but There's 9th. more piggybacks. There's a lot of piggybacking going on on this mm, podcast. That's so you what we listen. do here, by the way. Yeah. That's we back piggies. Exactly. All right. So go back and listen to the last 413 <laughs> episodes 422 422 episodes get caught up a little bit yeah and then now you can listen to this next story this is coming from forbes biden administration urges supreme court to let cops enter homes and seize guns without a warrant mm. Mm. oh the writing's on the window as i told you guys yesterday it's uh in permanent marker though not dry erase you can't wipe it off the u.s supreme court on wednesday will hear oral argument in uh Coniglia. Uh, Coniglia versus Strom. Uh, should be Storm. That'd be way cooler. <laughs> a case that could have sweeping consequences for policing, due process, and mental health with the Biden administration and attorneys general from nine states urging the high court to uphold warrantless gun confiscation. But the, that, but what would ultimately become a major Fourth Amendment case begin with an elderly couple spat over a coffee mug. So we talked about this one, this, uh, mm-hmm. this case stemmed from this couple that got in an argument. The husband decided he was going to get an unloaded weapon and put it on the table and talk about how she should just shoot him and end it now, which is, we can all relate <laughs> with that. Yeah. We can all relate with that. Mm-hmm. Now, we can't relate with actually getting the gun out and bringing it to the table. Exactly. We can all relate with that feeling. But anyway. Not me. My relationship's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, and uh, the, uh, what about yours? Yeah, I'm. I've heard of people having this issue before. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I can empathize. I've read stories about it exactly before. Me too. And so what happened was uh, the guy left. Basically, the lady called the cops when he didn't show up for a bit. Um, there was argument over whether or not there was permission given to actually search the home. They ended up seizing the guy's gun. And they are arguing that it has to do with their community caretaking exception. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I caught you up on what the previous story was. And it goes into a little <clears throat> bit here. Uh, first created by the Supreme Court nearly 50 years ago. <laughs> Wes. Uh, listen to this statement, by the way. <laughs> first created by the Supreme Court. Mm. The Supreme Court can't create anything. So this is, this is the, that the first thing that's wrong with this. First created by the Supreme Court nearly 50 years ago, uh, the community caretaking exception was designed for cases involving impounded cars and highway safety. If the founders wanted a community caretaking clause in the the GD Constitution, they would have mother truck and put it in there. All right. Supreme Court doesn't just get to create it, but they did. Don't worry. They did. Why? Because cops jobs are too hard. Mm -hmm, All right. Mm hmm. Uh, designed for cases involving impounded cars and highway safety on the grounds that police are often called to car accidents to remove nuances like inoperable, uh, inoperable vehicles on public roads. Both a district and appellate court upheld the seizures as reasonable under the community caretaking exception. In deciding Canigula's case, the first uh, circuit U.S. Court of Appeals acknowledged that the doctrines 
reach outside the motor vehicle context is ill-defined. Nevertheless, the court decided to extend that doctrine to cover private homes, ruling that officers did not exceed the proper uh, province of their community caretaking responsibilities. Look, the lower court was like, it's kind of ill-defined. We don't really know, but we'll go ahead and extend it. You know, we'll extend it to cars. We'll extend it to your home. We'll extend it to your person. Yeah. Next. That'll, that's what will be next. And this is, you're always going to find like a story. What they'll use is there'll be a story. One extreme <clears throat> example. Where you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, you got to be allowed to do something in this instance. Listen to this story that happened. If we would have had that. And that's how it always starts. And then later on down the road, you find that they're just coming into your house to take your guns. And they've got a Supreme Court case president saying that they can do mm-hmm. it now. Yeah. Uh, Siding with law enforcement, the First Circuit noted that the police officer must act as a master of all emergencies, who is expected to provide an infinite variety of services to preserve and protect community safety. An infinite variety of services. They're not required to do it, by the way. So that's already Supreme Court precedent. They're not required in an emergency. By the way, I have to tell this story. When I was gone in Mexico, um, our burglary alarm went off. So there was like this kind of creepy guy who was sitting out front. I wasn't home. Luckily, we have two massive dogs. I really don't think anybody wants to try to rob our house. Mm-mm. I really don't. No. Uh, but anyway, so so Stephanie was by herself uh, this weekend, uh, which doesn't happen often, by the way. So don't come knocking on my door, folks. Mm. And uh, it, she noticed this guy out front uh, who didn't look like uh, he was a part of the community. We hadn't seen him before. What do you mean by that? Uh, he was a white guy, but he didn't look like he had been here before. We didn't. She didn't recognize him. Oh. So she decided when she left the house to set the alarm. Literally like two or three minutes after she set the alarm, it went off. Hmm. And so she turned around and came back in the neighborhood. I was like, what are you doing coming back? Like, <laughs> anyway, they called and they sent the, they, they called the cops to come over. And when she drove back up to the neighborhood, it looked like that guy was coming out of our front door. Uh, but he never actually made it through the front door. So I don't know if he was like casing our place out or what was happening, but he was like so close up to the window. Like you could see, he was basically peeking in and like, then he came off the he steps. He was just trying to see if there was an emergency situation going on. In Probably. There. Yeah. 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 He's part of the community, uh, community protection task force. <laughs> yeah. It's a community um, policing force, man. And later She's she saw him it. with pamphlets, like doing other things. But then we found out uh, the, the, the whole premise of the story, by the way, is it took the cops an hour, an mm-hmm. hour to get here. From our burglary alarm being tripped, we have we, it's an automatic call to the cops, and it took them an hour, a whole a whole hour. We've had we've had that happen to us before in Nashville. It took them forty five minutes after we called nine one one and said that someone was pulling a gun on us. It took them forty five minutes. They apologize for the delay, <laughs> and it's like. But they announced that they are now to make the policing force more efficient. Will be extending the delays from one hour to three hours. Exactly. So, yeah. It's yeah. Okay. And reducing yeah. staff. No. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so they're not required. By the way, they're not required. But you know, the, they they have to. They're a master of all emergencies. But if they want to, they can do anything they want. Yeah. They're not required. Mm-mm. But if they want to, they can do anything they want. By letting police operate without a warrant, the community caretaking exception is designed to give police elbow room to take appropriate action. That's what we want. That's, you know, at Liberty, it's elbow room for the mm-hmm. state to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
In their opening brief for the Supreme Court, attorneys for Canigula warned that extending the community caretaking exception to homes would be um, anathema? A- anathema. Anathema to the Fourth Amendment because it would grant police a blank check to intrude upon the home, which is true. Mm-hmm. That fear is not unwarranted in jurisdictions that have extended the community caretaking exception to homes. Everything from loud music to leaky pipes have been used to justify warrantless invasion of the home. A joint amicus brief by the ACLU, the Cato Institute, and the American Conservative Union revealed. This expansion could also have perverse effects and disincentivize people from calling for help. As that brief noted, when every interaction with police or request for help can become an invitation for police to invade the home, the willingness of individuals to seek assistance when it is most needed will suffer. But in his first amicus brief before the high court, the Biden administration glossed over these concerns and called on the uh, on the justices to uphold the First Circuit's ruling, noting that the ultimate touchstone of the Fourth Amendment is reasonableness. <laughs> no, no, it's not. So they get to decide what what the Fourth Amendment does and doesn't cover basically on a reasonable standard. That's mm. that's what you actually get to decide. And it's whatever they decide it is. Yeah, that's great. I love it. The Justice Department argued that warrants should not be presumptively required when a government official's action is objectively grounded in a non-investigatory public interest, such as health or safety. Health and safety. Really? Mm. The ultimate question in this case is, therefore, not whether the respondent's officer's (laughs) actions fit within some narrow warrant exception, their brief stated, but instead whether those actions were reasonable. Actions the Justice Department felt were justified in Canigula's case. As a failsafe, the Justice Department also urged the Supreme Court to uphold the lower court ruling on qualified immunity grounds. Mm-hmm. I thought they didn't like qualified yeah, what, immunity. I, yeah, this is weird. Arguing that the officer's actions did not violate any clearly established law <laughs> so as to render the officers individually liable in a damages action. The law that they broke is called the constitution of the united states of america it's the first law in the books <laughs> how do you not consider that law that's the law <sighs> look at these lawless officers running around and the, the, and the second joe, joe's reminding yeah and the second also the second amendment at the same time now but the Biden administration, along with courts that have extended the community caretaking exception, overlook a key component of the Fourth Amendment, the security clause. After all, the Fourth Amendment opens with the phrase, the right of the people to be secure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if the government finds that there isn't proper security then that means that they can do whatever they want in violating. And it Mm. wouldn't be a violation of the fourth amendment because the fourth amendment says that you have a right to be secure. Mm. (laughs) This is some lawyer shit right here. What does it say after that, by the way, (laughs) to be secure? What? Uh. It's not that secure is not um, uh, a noun. Noun would be right. Secure. (laughs) No, to be secure. In your person, papers and effects, to have those things secure. In an amicus brief, the Institute for Justice noted that uh, to the founding generation, secure did not simply mean the right to be spared an unreasonable search or seizure. What? But also involved harms attributable to the potential for unreasonable searches and seizures. 
expanding the community caretaking exception to allow warrantless entries into people's homes on a whim, argued the IJ brief, invokes the arbitrary looming threat of general writs that so incited the framers and would undermine the right of the people to be secure in their homes. You don't say? Really? The IG brief further argued that extending the community caretaking exception to the home would flatly contradict the Supreme Court's prior rulings, which has only discussed community caretaking in the context of vehicle searches and seizures. In those cases, the animating purpose for the exception was to allow officers to remove damage or abandoned vehicles that pose a risk to public safety. By contrast, the IJ amicus asserted that justification is entirely absent when it comes to homes. Oh, we got to move your home real quick. Your home is an eyesore. Okay. Well, so is your wife, Mitchell. We're not supposed to have livestock in this community. You better say cow. The Fourth Amendment protects our right to be secure in our property, which is to be secure in your person, property, uh, papers, and effects. Something like that. You know the thing. <laughs> You know it, which means the right to be free from fear that police will enter your house without warning or authorization. Said Institute for Justice Attorney Josh. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Josh. Just goes by yeah. Josh. What's a up? rule that allows police to burst into your home without a warrant whenever they feel they are acting as community caretakers is a threat to everyone's security. Because then, God, they will just continue to use these things. It's just a, it's one small stepping stone for the state. You know, one giant one giant of the entire country, one giant leap for tyranny. Yeah. OK, this is how they build these blocks. Just this one says, little piece. This, yeah. So, you know, the income tax was like, oh, we're just going to tax one percent of this tiny proportion of people. And that's it. You think that you're not going to build justification for national red flag laws off of this, too? They'll be, they'll be able to do. I mean, guys, you literally have the government arguing over whether they're. Literally, the current administration is arguing that they the police should be able to enter your home without a warrant and seize your guns if they want to. Mm -hmm. This is not a this is not some right wing conspiracy theorist. This ain't some QAnon, anything like that. It's real. This is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And like Charlie said, it's just one little piece at a time that they do. They set up a little bit of precedent for it. They get a little case, and then they can build more off of that. Mm -hmm. They build their tyrannical foundation over time. And then we're all screwed. Oh, okay. Anything else on this, Charles? Well, you know, pay attention, obviously. <laughs> I, I think that's the most important thing. Watch these things unfold and then realize, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to prepare for something. That's mm. it. That's all I'm going to say. Well, if you weren't upset by that, let me try this one on you. We'll just talk about this. Restaurant owner, thank you for posting this in the Patreon group, by the way, in our news stories section. Everyone, I appreciate it. Restaurant owner jailed after defying COVID-19 orders mm. from CBS News. A Michigan restaurant owner was arrested before dawn Friday and hauled to jail. A dramatic turn in months-long dispute over her, her persistent refusal to comply with orders and restrictions tied to the coronavirus. Marlena Pavlos Hackney will remain in jail until she pays $7,500 and authorities confirm that Marlena's Bistro and Pizzeria in Holland, Michigan is closed, a judge said. Quote, she has put the community at risk. We are in the middle of a pandemic, the county judge said. State investigators said... What statute did she violate? Uh, Michigan, they got that crazy Karen Whitmer up there, so I'm sure they got something mm. in line. 
State investigators said Pavlos Hackney 55 was ignoring caps on restaurant capacity and wasn't enforcing mask rules. Her food license was suspended, but the business remained her her food license was suspended on January 20th, but the business remained open. <sighs> Send the SWAT teams out for this yeah. person. Ooh. We got to stop this. A different judge declared that Hackney in contempt of court on March 4th and ordered an arrest if the business remained open. As this is actually happening. This is not like we're, we're spitballing theories about how the state's going to become tyrannical someday and put you in jail for not adhering to their arbitrary orders that are not even backed by all the science or anything like that. Okay, this is actually something that's happened. A, a person being put in jail because they were operating their business and that people were freely allowed to come and go in their business. This is, this is not a joke and this is not a theory. It's actually happening. Mm. All right. Quote, you have selfishly not followed the orders. This is the wrong way to get publicity. It's wrong. It's the wrong way to be a good citizen. Oh, thank you, judge. Thank you for making sure. Judge of character as well. Yes. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to make sure that everyone is a good citizen of the state. That is, that is their job. Hackney's attorney, Robert Baker, Bob Baker, said she would immediately pay $7,500 and close the restaurant. Hackney seemed to shrug off the possibility of an arrest just a day earlier as she poured coffee for customers. All right. Uh, we don't want this country to be a... Con- this is a quote. All right. We don't want this country to be a communist regime that's going to dictate what we can do and what we cannot do. The native of Poland told the local news station on Wonder Thursday. Wonder if she knows a thing or two. Yeah, that is that is kind of weird. I'm a Polish native, and I'm worried about us becoming a communist country and controlling what the people can and mm. can't do. And then she ends up getting arrested when she goes to America and opens up a diner because she didn't follow what mm. the state said to do. Mm. To reduce the spread of coronavirus, Governor Karen Whitmer at times has put strict limits on restaurants and bars. I honestly forgot what her first name was until <laughs> we just read that. I know. Because we call her Karen. In-person dining with limited capacities was reinstated February 1st after a 10-week halt. There were other restrictions earlier in the pandemic. State regulators have suspended licenses at businesses that violate the rules. This is the whole problem with having licenses for businesses in the first place. That is, you know, I've told the story before, but I was having the conversation with my wife. We were eating at a restaurant in Mount Julia. We were over at Foolin's in Mount Julia. And I was like, look at all these places that are closed. This is crazy. And I was like... Foo Lins isn't even requiring people to wear masks. And there were mask orders at that time. I was like, there's, I'm, you know, I'm worried they're going to end up getting closed down by the city. And she's like, they can't actually do that. I'm like, sure as hell can. Yeah, they can. They're the Galdern state. They can do whatever they decide that they want to do. And what I, what we ended up talking about was the fact that all they really have to do is to suspend your license. To have a business because yeah. you got to have you have to have permission from then them to operate the business in the first place. And so they can remove your permission to operate your business. The other thing that's interesting, too, is like, do you ever go into a restaurant and make sure they have a business license and check their food grade report? <laughs> no, or you just go based off reviews. Yeah, just or personal experience. I just go to whatever is most convenient, really. <laughs> I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you any of the reports or licenses for any of the places that I go to whatsoever. Yeah, because I know all of it's BS. Exactly. Literally, I mean, my, my family, you know, I know that we, we had restaurants and stuff like that, or they, they operated a restaurant and, 
And they also knew the person who would come around and do those reports. And they would always give you a warning right beforehand. If you know the guy, they'll let you know that they're coming. Mm -hmm. So you take everything, you know, two inches off the floor and make sure that all that stuff's good. None of the numbers that the government puts down on the yellow paper mean anything. Sometimes they'll come uh, unexpectedly. But... Oh, I'm saying not if you know the guy. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 If you know the guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You got to know the right person in the government. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. State regulators we already went through that. This owner, quote, has continued to willfully violate the state's food laws, mm. public health orders and the order of the court. The a order of the court. <laughs> a dangerous act that may have exposed dozens of diners and employees to the virus. They all... Did she force anyone to go into the restaurant? Maybe the employees. I don't, I don't know. They weren't... They weren't. They could probably make more money by not working. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. don't have to go in there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like everyone that was in there was choosing to be there. But they have to make sure they shut her down because she I might I like have, what they say here, by the way. They might have exposed dozens of diners and employees to the virus following the discovery that one of Mar Marlena's customers tested positive for the virus within two days of eating there. What else did she do? Yeah, that was that was it. It, it was had to be restaurant. her restaurant. Yeah, there's no way she went to Target or, or or Publix or Kroger, whatever they have up in Michigan. I don't know what they <laughs> they probably shop at. I don't wherever Seven Elevens. Jewel. I don't. I don't there's a uh, there's a station a store called that. This virus is so maybe, dangerous. Maybe Wegmans. The virus is so dangerous that she left it open, and they've been able to tell us about one person that tested positive following two days of eating there. Yeah. And that's apparently that's the only place that that person went. They were at home the rest of the time. They went there. They never went anywhere else. They didn't by, by talk force. To she she actually had to go to their home and kidnap them and drag them into the restaurant. Yeah. They had a mask on. She ripped it off of them, and then she rubbed and their face all she, over the tables. But no. But now that she was there, she was like, "Okay, well now I'm here. I guess I'll take a sandwich. Can I have a sandwich with no COVID, please?" Yeah. And she was like, "Bitch, I'm gonna give you a sandwich. <laughs> we don't do substitutions. Sprinkle a little COVID on there. You're gonna eat it." This is exactly how the story exactly, went. Exactly. Yeah, this right. is exactly. That's what the happened. only way. Yeah. yeah. That's how she got it yeah. because that's how dangerous this Polish woman was. Hackney, who this week appeared on <laughs> That's the her name, by the way. Hackney. She appeared on conservative media figure Glenn Beck's show to discuss her case, is also being supported via GoFundMe. Donors so far have contributed seventy-two thousand dollars. Oh, nice. There that you is go. Very nice. Oh so man. Nice when people, you know, donate I have, to things like that. I stuck two good stories in the stack. Two surprisingly good things. Back to back? Back to back that we could talk about real quick. And this first one is surprising as H. Let me tell hmm. you that. Let me tell you what. This is coming from Zero Hedge. Tomorrow, it could be somebody else. Bernie Sanders comes out against Trump Twitter ban. Everyone remembers the day that they came out against the Trump Twitter ban. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal in everyone's life. <laughs> wow. Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont came out against the Twitter ban of former President Donald Trump yesterday. Sanders expressed his discomfort with the role of big tech and censorship viewpoints, a sharp departure from his Democratic colleagues who have demanded more such corporate censorship. In an interview on Tuesday with New York Times columnist uh, Ezra Klein, Sanders stated that he didn't feel particularly comfortable with, his, with the ban, despite his views that Trump is a racist, sexist, xenophobe, pathological liar and authoritarian a bad news guy insubordinate <laughs> he's insubordinate <laughs> homophobic and, and churlish 
churlish. (laughs) (laughs) He stated, if you're asking me, do I feel particularly comfortable that the then president of the United States could not express his views on Twitter? I don't feel comfortable about that. Wow. I don't feel comfortable about that. That was actually pretty good right there. (laughs) So how about that? Look, you got to we have a website called BernieLies.com because most of the time he lies. Yeah. When he does something nice, we even not only do we uh, praise him for it. We mentioned we, we we just took out time of our podcast to talk about something positive here about <laughs> the old Sanders man. I'm saving that one real quick. Hold on, <laughs> I gotta save that. That's a good one. <laughs> that is so funny. All right, but yeah. I mean, they they shouldn't <laughs> ban anyone. That's the, the problem with banning people is you just put them you know, underground and it becomes worse. Yeah. Becomes much worse. And then oddly enough, Bernie's probably wondering like, well, what happens when people I don't agree with are in control? Right. Right. (laughs) Which is a whole argument against Bernie Sanders, but that could happen. (laughs) That could happen. I mean, so, I mean, good job. Good job, Bernie on that. And now this comes from zero hedge. I'm sure it's a, severely slanted article towards whatever they want. I'm, I used to look at Zero Hedge, and then when the election was going on, I discovered that I could not read Zero Hedge anymore because it was all it, it was all Trump all the time and then election fraud and everything. I'm not saying that the fraud doesn't exist, but Zero Hedge was like knee deep in that stuff. Yeah. So anyhow. Sorry, his name's not Bernie. It's uh, Bernie. Oh, yeah. Bernie. That's it. Um, Son of a... (laughs) For the first time, this comes from reason, for the first time, a majority of Republicans support same-sex marriage. I think this is a good... This this warmed my heart. From reason. For the first time, a majority of Republicans support marriage equality for gay and lesbian couples, according to a new poll from the Public Religion Research Institute. The PRRI poll... PPOP. means Chuck (laughs) conducted throughout 2020 finds U.S. support for same sex marriage now stands at 67 percent up from 61 percent in 2017 and 36 percent in 2007. Much of the recent rise can be attributed to growing support by conservatives and independents. In 2020, 51 percent of Republicans polled by PRRI said they support granting legal marriage rights to same sex couples. This is up from 47% in 2019 and 31% in 2011. These days, quote, <clears throat> majorities of most religious groups support same-sex marriage. Support was highest, 76% um, uh, among Americans who described themselves as religious and non-Christian, followed by white Catholics, 75%, white mainline Protestants, 72%, <laughs> and Hispanic Catholics. What, what religion are you? I'm a, I'm a white mainline Protestant. Yeah, I'm on the mainline to heaven. Yeah, <laughs> we're not taking the the squiggly line. We're on the main line. All right. Quote, He's majority main, main line in some of that Jesus in there. The majority of black Protestants, 57 percent, other pro- Protestants of color, 56 percent and Hispanic process. Uh, oh, Hispanics, 51 percent support same sex marriage. Um, the lowest among was white evangelical uh, Protestants. They were only 43 percent. Mm. Oh, those evil white evangelicals overall i just uh 
I think that that's a good thing. And, and what we do have to remember is that... By the way, I didn't even know some of these religions existed. Yeah, I don't know what all that was, have, yeah, honestly. That's a lot. The last couple of paragraphs should have been taken out of there. That's my bad, everyone. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I am happy about this while also realizing that the government should not be involved in marriage whatsoever. Right. And it's completely ridiculous that you would have to worry about the government supporting or not supporting when two people can enter into a contractual agreement with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's completely ridiculous. That is the entire problem. Uh, but it does show that there is a swing in the... Uh, I just think the idea of I don't care what other people do, whether or not I agree or disagree with it. Now, obviously, maybe some of that focus has been shifted to other things. And Republicans are like, I don't have time for the same-sex marriage thing, anything. Uh, I'm worried about... Uh, transgender issues or yeah. whatever, you voter know, fraud. Yeah. Voter fraud. That's the number <laughs> one issue. Voter fraud. Yeah. So I just, uh, I, I think that it is a, I think it shows a good shift overall in the country. I mean, come on y'all. It's ridiculous to think that the government should stop people from signing the contracts. People who are of age to be able to uh, sign, enter into contracts with one another to to be clear just reading through the discord here mm -hmm. it's ridiculous to think that they wouldn't that you'd have to worry about the government supporting or not supporting that exactly and, and what's what's also good if you're a republican you should be just touting this out there look gays it's not a don't worry about us anymore we got to talk about taxes and, that, and other stuff that's not what republicans care about but whatever it is republicans care about these mm -hmm. days i'm not really sure Voter fraud. That's really all it is, that I think. Trump. Trump, yeah. They care about Trump. That's all they care about. Yeah. Maybe it's the fact that, I mean, isn't it so crazy that even Barack Obama was against gay marriage when he was so running was for election? Clinton. So was Hillary Clinton. Trump might have been the first president who didn't, who wasn't against gay marriage. As a like, Republican? As a Republican. I mean, honestly, like mm. even Obama was against it. Trump, you know, that guy doesn't... The guy has no guiding principles whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. so it's not like you're going to think, "Oh, well, he's going to be super, uh, he's going to be super evangelical and not and not want people mm -hmm. to be married." Yeah. He's not going to care about that kind of stuff. The thing about it is, even as uh, you know, even as a Christian, if you are, if you are against you know same sex or you see it as a sin or whatever, it's not your job to <clears> tell <throat> other people what they can and can't do. Your only job is to talk is to share Jesus with them. That's it. it. If you're if you're a Christian, in my opinion, it's between the two people and God. Like mm -hmm. that's it. And if you're not a Christian, I mean, there shouldn't the government shouldn't be able to control who's going to enter in that contract anyway. But if you are coming at it from a Christian standpoint, that is not up to the government or you to decide. Not whatsoever. At not one bit at all, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that Charlie, he's so funny. All right, before. We go any further, I'm going to tell you guys about MastermyStonks.com. Yes, Charles, Chuck Stuck, Too Tall, Something Thompson, and I run the Liberty Trading Academy. Been trading for several years now. We worked out all the kinks so you don't have to. All right. So if you're somewhat interested in getting involved in the stock market, then this is the place for you. You can simply type in mastermystonks, S-T-O-N-K-S, mastermystonks.com. You can use the promo code SAVE20 to save 20% off your first two months. That's 20% off your first two months. That is a crazy deal. 
We got over 300 videos on there. We start literally from vocabulary words, how to use a trading software, how to read charts, and then we go all the way up to the strategies that we trade on a daily basis. I go live every morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, 30 minutes before the market opens, and we talk about what's moving in the morning, what we're gonna be trading when the market opens. I stay live for my first bit of trading in the morning. I'll stay live until about 9.30 Central Time, my time, so you get an hour and a half of live trading from me starting at 8 a.m. Central Time, okay? So if you're interested, maybe you're not. Maybe this doesn't make any sense to you at all. Maybe you're tired of hearing about it. I don't know. But I happen to believe that one of the best solutions for taking care of all the stuff that we talk about on this podcast that can just be bringing you down all the time, I happen to believe that one of those things is actually taking care of your own personal financial situation so you don't have to be dependent on who's going to be in office at what time, pushing what policy. You guys know the thing, all right? So if you can actually learn a new skill that could pay your bills if you hit the right button on time, literally, that's what you got to do in trading. You have a strategy and you just have to hit a button. Make sure you're trading your strategy. Make sure that you're a disciplined human being for a couple hours every single day. Then you could actually start paying your bills like that. Now, that's obviously not a guarantee. That's all going to be dependent on you and whether or not you are managing your risk and whether or not you are being patient and whether or not you're trading your actual strategies that you've tested and that we've tested and that we've shown to everyone. So anyway, you go to matchmysongs.com. Use the promo code SAVE20. That's all one word, SAVE20. Just do it all in caps save two zero to get 20% off 20% off your first two months. Master my stocks. You stay classy. There's a link in the show notes, by the way. And I'm also going to go ahead and tell you guys about the Patreon group. That's patreon.com slash good morning Liberty for as little as $5 a month. You can join in on the live crazy mess that we have going on during every show Everyone posting crazy gifts, and we're talking back and forth. Honestly, I wouldn't want to do the show without the live group that joins every day. It's hilarious. It's not very PC. I'll go ahead and warn you about that. So if you can handle that, then it's a good group for you. So we got the private ser server where we're all in there talking all the time. We got a memes channel. We're bouncing Liberty ideas back and forth. There's writers in there bouncing writing ideas. We got ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week, which we do every Friday. So we got members throwing in ideas for Dumb Bleep of the Week. And you get the vote on what the Dumb Bleep of the Week is on Fridays, which is our most popular episode. So if you are interested in actually putting your money where your keyboard is, your keyboard warrioring money, towards something that could change the tides of tyranny back towards the shores of... Liberty or something like that. I don't know. That sounded pretty good. I don't know. Then go to patreon.com slash good morning liberty. And there's other tier levels too. There's a lot of people that pay $15 a month and that money goes towards running advertising on whatever you want, by the way. And not to mention, you get a coffee mug along with your $15 subscription. You get a nice less government, more freedom coffee mug when you sign up for that it pays for itself literally okay but all the money from patreon goes back into advertising so we'll ask you what's something that you care about do you have a specific article that you want to push 
Do you have a specific video you want to push? What is it? And when you say, here's this thing I want to push, then we're going to post it to our social media and we're going to throw your subscription level donation behind that push, that post every single month that you're signed up. Okay, so you are actually getting the word out there to people by signing up on patreon.com slash Liberty. So if you want to actually put your money where your mouth is, that is the place to do it. Go, I'll see you there. Or I'll see you on another time. All right. Back to the show. Well, I think that was a pretty good show. It was a great show. Yeah. Good job, everyone. Sticking believe, it through that. Can't believe we ended the show on a positive Bernie Sanders note. <laughs> this is crazy. This is the upside down. It's Wednesday. You know, it's hump day. Yeah. Camel so, day. So you got to go through some stuff that you wouldn't normally have. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyway, guys, uh, I really I want to say that I appreciate everyone that is in the Patreon group while not doing an ad for the Patreon group. Mm-hmm. Or but any ads for that matter. We're running ads on YouTube and Facebook and, and all kinds of stuff right now. And y'all make that possible. And it is very important to get this message out there because we're if we're not over the cliff already, we're we're right on the edge of it. Maybe we're already falling off of it. I'm not really sure. But all we're we just can, trying to afford a parachute. Yeah. All we can do is do the right thing, which is get the message out there and be good people in our own lives and try to lead by example, nice libertarian example in our lives as well. Try to take care of yourself and the people around you and then the community and then and then the nation as a whole. And uh, everyone is doing that by supporting our Patreon and allowing us to, to, to help get this message out there to more people. So thank you. To if all y'all you enjoyed today's show, which I know that you did, absolutely did, and then please share it with a friend. We get uh, we get lots of messages where people have shared the show with someone and then they have they're hooked mm-hmm. and uh, that's what we do hook line and, and the sink. show is like a drug man we hook line and sink them this is libertarian you know? meth mm-hmm. you can't get enough of it every single day when we want to yeah so share it with someone share it with uh, share it with a few people if you're in some groups or or whatever it doesn't matter just to be like hey I you know heard this this hilarious <laughs> spot on podcast you won't believe it. And, uh, you know, tell them about it. See, then they'll check it out and they'll take the 423 episode challenge and be hooked like the rest of y'all. And then they'll join Patreon. And then that's more money to go towards more advertising and more people. It's just a big funnel for money for laugh dancers for the big guy. Snowball (laughs) effect. All right. All right. That's what we do. So share it with somebody. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts, which I think is still the only one that you can leave a rating and review on. Some of it like Stitcher allows reviews. Okay. If you listen on Stitcher, wherever you listen, if you're able to leave that rating and review, because that helps the algorithms let let uh, let the world know that this is a good podcast. And Mm -hmm. so when you start searching for stuff, uh, we'll be one of the first ones to pop up. So continue to do all that. And if you do, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning liberty.